Welcome to the Church on a Hill podcast. This is Pastor Corey Lahiri, and the Church on a Hill podcast is a ministry of Palouse Federated Church in Palouse, Washington. We are glad you joined us for this podcast, and we hope that that this will bless you. Specifically, this message today is from our Y'all series. That's Y'all, as in you all, and we're looking at great scriptures from the Bible that are to us all, good promises that the whole church needs to hear. We hope you enjoy the Y'all series, and you can find more resources at palousechurch.org, or you can check us out on the Bible app and select us as your church, or or find us on YouTube or Facebook. But for now, uh, tune in to this message from the Y'all series. It is my great pleasure to introduce Tyson West, who grew up in Palouse, went to high school, graduated from high school here. I already mentioned that his grandparents, Bob and Francis West, are beloved people, um, stalwart members of this church, and I know that there are so many of us here who think of them, think of Bob, and still think of Francis as um, with such uh, love and affection. So Tyson, I had to write down your title, your job title, because you win the 2023 or 2023 prize of the longest and most interesting job title. Tyson is executive director of the Spokane campus of Adult and Teen Challenge Pacific Northwest. Thirteen words. Congratulations, Thank you. you win. Thank you. Thank you. And we are delighted to have Thank you. Come. Thank you. morning. What, what is Adult Teen Challenge? Go ahead. In 1958, David Wilkerson traveled to New York City to preach the gospel to teenage gangs. He quickly recognized that drug and alcohol addiction was consuming the lives of the youth. Adult and Teen Challenge was founded to address the growing addiction epidemic. And today the need is greater than ever. And everything we do always comes back to our primary mission to make disciples. We want to put hope within reach of every addict. In 1983, Mike Hodges opened the first campus in Oregon, and now the Adult and Teen Challenge Pacific Northwest Family of Ministries has expanded to five states throughout the region. For the last four decades, we have been growing and refining our approach to the discipleship process. We recognize that people need more than just sobriety. They need every area of their life to be transformed by the gospel. So we offer a comprehensive approach to recovery. At the core of our ministry is our residential recovery program. When students walk through our doors, they meet Jesus. And when they meet Jesus, the transformation process begins. Within the structure of a campus and in the community of peers and our staff, they develop spiritual disciplines. They learn how to pray, how to study scripture, how to worship, and how to be lifelong disciples of Christ. And as their faith grows, they find freedom. It's a sanctuary. It's a place to check out from this craziness of this world and not have all the pressures of responsibilities, but just one thing in mind, establishing a relationship with the Lord. Addiction creates complex behavioral health challenges, so we have integrated Life Renewal to provide state-approved counseling by our own professionally trained addiction counselors. Our students participate in individual and group therapy and our counselors equip them with the tools they need to heal from their past and apply biblical principles to their lifelong recovery. We are offering students evidence-based treatment with a Christian worldview. This will allow them to live their lives um, in a more successful and positive way while also helping them to stand strong in their identity. We were designed to work, created to be productive. So our vocational training program helps our students establish the skills needed to be productive members of our society. Our thrift stores, work crews, and other vocational experiences teach important life skills, teamwork, leadership, stewardship, and integrity. We help students discover the joy of an honest day's work. And rather than sitting on the sidelines during their recovery, they build confidence as they put their new skills into practice. 
I see students really adapt very well in the stores. They're enjoying the environment they're in. They're, they're productive. They, you see a, there's a reward in work that you've never seen before with students. The works that our students do sets them up to thrive once they leave our program. Discipleship is not just about learning the gospel, but also living it out. David Wilkerson founded this ministry on outreach. So Hope Outreach gives our students the opportunity to discover the joy of serving, to give back to their community, and to deliver hope beyond our campus walls. We work with local partners to bring compassion to our communities. Our students share their stories to bring prevention and awareness to local schools. We establish community discipleship groups for those in recovery, and we share the hope we have found in Christ through evangelism. At Adult and Teen Challenge, our comprehensive approach to recovery is allowing us to broaden our reach and improve outcomes for our students. Our comprehensive approach helps us put hope within reach of every addict and make lifelong disciples. Hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. That's a really cool thing to see someone being um, given that opportunity to experience hope for the first time and everything about them begins to change. I just have an undeniable passion for God. I, he has brought me through so much and it honestly could only come from Him. Probably the best decision I've ever made coming to the program. The program really molded me into a man of God. Like when I came in the program, I was a kid. I was 18 years old. Um, and it was in the program that I learned how to become a man as a student. Teen Challenge has uh, helped save my life. Well, Teen Challenge helped to save my life, too. <clears throat> and uh, my name is Tyson West. I'm the executive director of the Spokane Men's Campus of the Pacific Northwest Adult and Teen Challenge. <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, um, just honored to be here. Uh, thank you, Loose Federated Church. I don't know if you guys know this, but you've been, you've been supporting our ministry for eight years. Pastor Corey has, has been... Uh, supporting us and and sponsor students and and so thank you for your guys' help and actually we did a 2020 um, we did a missions trip here and all of the 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 pews that were here uh, our guys hauled them out of here and and we helped replace we did some of the the work that was here just to just to just to give back it's part of the outreach portion of our program but i grew up in this in the town of palouse my grandparents were bob and francis my dad's name is dale and uh, went to high school here, graduated in 1994. Go Vikings. Um, played football and basketball here. There wasn't much else to do. Um, but we did play in the State B tournament. Um, we were 11 men football. I don't know what, what you guys are now, but uh, we, I was the co-MVP of my football team. And I always say that, but that doesn't mean much because we weren't good. I think we won maybe three games. <clears throat> but... But uh, my family owned the grocery store. My great-grandfather owned it, West Food City, and then my grandfather, and then my dad, and then I worked all throughout high school. And that's where I had access to the beer cooler, and that's where it started for me. And once I had a taste of that, um, you know, say after a game, we'd go out into the field somewhere. We'd have a bonfire, and I, I'm sure kids aren't doing that anymore. But, um, <clears throat> and, but once I had a drink of that alcohol, I thought, yes, this is what life is all about, and that's what I pursued um, I thought there, I, I, I loved the way it made me feel, the excitement and just kind of the craziness. And, and um, I ended up pursuing that really for, for 20 years, and it actually progressed um, to other things other than alcohol. I also pursued relationships and school and jobs and careers, but all that stuff got in the way of my substance abuse. So if you fast forward 20 years, um, I'm living on the streets of Spokane. I'm a full-fledged meth addict, a full-fledged heroin addict. I'm an alcoholic. And uh, I, I become a thief. I'm stealing to support my habit. My family, they love me, but they can't, they don't trust me, one, and they can't watch me kill myself. And so they had to draw some healthy boundaries, which I know was difficult for them. But uh, I ended up having a son, and that, that kind of motivated me to, to think about maybe I need to make different life choices. And so I started, uh, I tried going to treatment altogether 14 times, 14 programs. Adult and Teen Challenge was program number 14 for me. 
Um, I had 30 criminal charges all connected to my substance abuse, multiple counties, Kootenai County, Latah County, Whitman County, Spokane County, and they're all, all connected to my substance abuse. And, um, and then I got picked up for uh, my second felony in Spokane. It was a possession of a stolen motor vehicle. And I was 34 years old. This was in 2011, and I was exhausted, and I was wore out, and I was tired. And I wanted out, but I didn't know how to get out. Well, that got my attention, and I thought I was going to go to prison. And uh, I found a Bible um, when I, as I was going up into booking, and I thought, why not? I've rejected Jesus my entire life for, um, you know, I was 34 at this point. I thought religion, I thought, I thought Christianity was man-made to control people. And, I, and so at the heart of it, I was really rebellious, and ultimately I was rebellious against God. But in, it was me in, that, in the scriptures, in the Holy Spirit, and, um, and I found Jesus. And uh, so I ended up, I actually didn't do prison time because my first felony was in 2003 over here in Pullman, possession of uh, controlled substance. I had some pain pills on me that weren't mine. This felony was in 2011, so the first felony didn't count towards this one, so they let me out in 45 days, and uh, just within a couple hours, I bummed a cigarette off the first guy I knew. Now, granted, I'm in jail, and I'm, in, I'm on fire for the Lord, and I'm praising Jesus, and, and uh, I had a taste of God's goodness. Grandma Francis was the only one that would take my collect call, and I told her, Grandma, I found Jesus. And she'd say, well, you know, God can't be mocked because my family heard me, you know, try to get help and, and go into recovery numerous times. So they were a little reluctant. But um, so when I got out, I slipped right back into what I knew within hours, drunk and, and high on meth and high on heroin. But now, now I have the conviction of the Holy Spirit in me because I had a taste of God in his goodness. And I'm thinking, what am I doing? Basically returning to my vomit. And so I reached out to my dad who lives in Coeur d'Alene. And asked dad, can I come, come over? And I hadn't, hadn't been over to their house for a couple years. And they let me, um, they let me kind of detox a little bit there on the couch. And, and then he helped me get into this program of Adult and Teen Challenge. And he said, what do you think about Teen Challenge? And that was in May of 2011. Um, and what I needed, I didn't, know how to be, I didn't know how to be a disciple of Christ. I didn't know how to be a man of God. And so I needed that structure. I, I struggled with substance abuse for 20 years. I needed accountability and I needed support and I needed Christian community and teaching and people to call me out on my stuff. And um, I really discovered that, that I didn't, so I did have a substance abuse issue, but I had an anger issue and a rebellion issue. I had a sin issue. And uh, so I learned how to submit my life to Jesus. And then I sensed a call to be a part of what he's doing at the campus. And so I did it. I completed a year-long program. And then I did a year-long internship. And then I sensed another call to, to come on as vocational training. And so um, I celebrate, uh, we're, um, in August, it'll be 12 years clean and sober, um, following Jesus. <laughs> Salvation and redemption available through Christ. And then chapter four through six is really how to continue in that late, once you're saved and redeemed, how to continue in that relationship. And so we're just, we're going to, we're going to, um, we're just going to be in Ephesians one, three through 14. But I am going to start at, at uh, verse 1. And spiritual blessings in Christ. So that's why um, this message is, y'all are blessed. Y'all are blessed in Christ. It says, Paul, an apostle, let me pray first before I get started. Father, we just thank you. Thank you for uh, this beautiful day out here in the Palouse. Thank you that you are still in the business of saving and redeeming and transforming lives, that you have a, a plan to reconcile fallen, broken man and creation back to yourself. And your goal is to, your plan is to use your church to do it, Father God. So I pray, God, that you just bless this church, equip this church. Father God, pour out your wisdom and your spirit here, God, to fulfill your purposes here in, in the beautiful area and town of Palouse. We love you, God. Thank you for your scriptures, job, God. We commit them to you. In Jesus' name, amen. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are, are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to y'all and peace from our Godfather and the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> okay, so uh, as we get started, th this is, this is a, a praise to God, what we're about to read, and this is a declaration of who we are in Jesus. So verse 3, blessed be the God... And the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy 
and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us and the beloved. I just want to just sit here for a minute. So in Christ, we hear this over and over again, in Christ, in Christ, we are blessed in Christ with with these heavenly blessings. In Christ that we are chosen, we are chosen in Christ to be holy and blameless before him. And we are predestined. So there's this predestination that we have. Predestined to be adopted through Jesus as sons and daughters. This is what the, the word of God is declaring. That we have, that we are chosen. We have this predestination. It's already been declared in scripture. This is true. <clears throat> what we get to do is when we're in Christ, we get to discover what he's already declared in scripture. That we're adopted as sons and daughters. That we're, that we're chosen to be holy and blameless before him. Verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he sets forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. So again, in Christ we have redemption through his blood. And in Christ, he lavishes this grace upon us and he makes known to us the mystery of his will. Lavished. That's a beautiful word, isn't it? He just lavishes this on us. And again, now this is truth. He's declaring this in scripture, therefore it's true. And we get, as we come to know Jesus, we take steps of faith and he reveals himself to us, we get to discover this truth for our lives. We don't have to try to summon this. We don't, we don't have to try to pull ourselves up by our, our bootstraps and, and, and manifest this. It's already been declared. This is true when we're in Christ. And then verse 11. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him... Y'all also, when y'all heard the word of truth, the gospel of y'all's salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. So this is a declaration of a spiritual truth through the living word of God. And as we hear it and receive it by faith, we get to discover who we already are in Christ. And God has declared his word when he said it is finished. So this is already done. We get, to, we get the privilege of discovering this. In him, y'all are blessed. In him, y'all are redeemed and forgiven for your sins through his blood. In him, y'all are chosen to be holy and blameless. In him, y'all are predestined to be adopted as sons and daughters. And with the kingdom of God's inheritance... We have an inheritance, kingdom of God inheritance. In him we are sealed by this Holy Spirit as a guarantee until we obtain that inheritance. In him we are lavished with his grace as he makes known the mystery of his will, which is to, here's here's the mystery of his will, is to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. The kingdom of God is breaking into heaven. And he does that through his saints. We just prayed the Lord's Prayer. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And in Christ, he's revealing this mystery to us. So this is a, that's a beautiful scripture. It's a beautiful spirituality or sp- spiritual truth. And it's pretty deep. Paul's pretty deep. He's got like 90 commas in that, you know, brief little piece of scripture. <clears throat> But there's also another spiritual reality, and this is a harsh reality, where y'all were cursed, where we were cursed. We're born into a fallen world, and it's under a curse, and the curse is, is because of sin, and it's ruled by Satan, and it's far from God. 
This is the world that we live in. And you can trace the, the origins of this back all the way back to the Garden of Eden, the original sin. Adam and Eve tempted. God said, you can eat of any fruit, of any tree, but not that one. Not from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because, because he loves us and he knew if we eat that, we will surely die. But they were tempted, right? There was, an, there was a tempter in the garden. Caused them to question the believability of God's word. And then as a result, that sin, once they gave in, it created this chasm of corruption. This chasm of corruption from the beginning that's spread throughout all the time and all of creation. It's passed down to us. This is the inheritance that we're born with. This is the inheritance that our parents give us. Trace it all the way back to Adam and Eve. The inheritance is this fallen, corrupt world with this sinful, corrupt flesh that's enslaved to sin. And with an adversary who desires to, de- to devour us. That's a harsh reality. That's a spiritual truth. But we can't forget that God has a plan of reconciliation like we just read in Ephesians 1.10. This mystery to unite all things in heaven and on earth in himself. To reconcile all of broken sinful creation. He does that through Jesus. So just to break this down a little bit more, the, the world, it's adversarial to God because it lures people away from God and his kingdom with a kingdom of of lust and pride through temptation. James 4.4, James rebukes the church. He calls them adulterers because of their friendship with the world. And he warns them, and he's warning us, that anybody who chooses to be a friend with the world is an, is an, an enemy of God. And then John says in 1 John 2.15, he says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, world the love of the Father is not in him. So this is tough. This is a harsh reality. This is tough news. Because we're born into this. And then everything in us has a desire to love the world. Outside of Jesus. And then Peter says, slide 9. Peter tells us that we have a predator who's out to get us. So we have an adversary. So we live in this fallen, broken world. We have fallen, broken flesh. And then there's a predator, First. Peter 5 he tells us to be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And then Jesus describes the adversary in John 10.10, the first part of that, uh, 10.10a, as a thief. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So we have a predator. We have a criminal that's out to get us, right? This is a harsh reality. <clears throat> and then he uses things like drugs and alcohol to fulfill that purpose and amongst other things pornography Jesus calls the the adversary the ruler of this fallen world the ruler of this fallen world in John 12 31 and the adversary hates everything that has to do with God and the truth and he's called the prince of lies and Jesus says there is no truth in him and he does everything in his power to come against the knowledge of God through lies and deceit. He's a real good counterfeiter. And if those lies and deceit are believed in our hearts and our minds, then they become a stronghold in our lives and in our communities. And it's bondage. And then the other adversary that we have is the fallen flesh. And the flesh is constantly opposed to and it's at conflict with God, with the Spirit of God. This is a harsh reality. This is the other spiritual truth. According to Galatians 5.17, it says that for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is... And that's a capital S. That's the third person of the Trinity. This is, this is God. And the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. <clears throat> so we p- painted a picture of this beautiful, you know, the beautiful blessings that are in Christ and then really the curse that's outside of Christ. This is this harsh reality. This flesh, the wicked flesh that we have. The adversary who's Satan, who's the devil, who hates us. And then the world, which is contrary to God. And really that kind of paints the picture of a kingdom of darkness. But Jesus is bringing the kingdom of God here, the kingdom of light. There's another kingdom that's actually here. 
So we can't forget that y'all are blessed in Christ. And that we get to discover who we already are in Christ because His Word declares it. In Christ, we are are fallen, but in Christ we are cleansed and forgiven and redeemed. And so those three enemies, really the flesh, the world, and Satan, those are really at the root of substance abuse. And people abuse drugs and alcohol because they are deceived. Now when I started drinking, when I grabbed the Keystone Light out of West Food City, I didn't didn't think, you know what, I'm going to destroy my life. That's not how it worked. It actually provided something. It did something. It was appealing. Just like in the Garden of Eden when Eve looked at the fruit that was forbidden and it looked good for food and for the gaining of wisdom. But I was deceived and I made choice and I made the poor choice. So I can't say the devil made me do it, but there was some temptation there. And when you find yourself in, in addiction, you have to own it. So, so people are deceived into thinking that there's life in intoxication. Yes, this is life, <clears throat> but it's not. It's a lie. It's counterfeit. It's counterfeit. It's not real. Just like pornography. You look at a screen and pornography with these images, it's not real. It's counterfeit. It's a screen. And then the world tends to glorify it. The flesh in its corruption is drawn to it. And so addiction starts with a deception, then over time, with continued use, it becomes a stronghold. A stronghold. I need it to live. It takes over your survival mechanism. I need this to live. And I was doing things that, I, that I'm ashamed of that I would do because I needed it. I was hijacked. And that, hija- that, that keeps people blinded from the truth and in bondage to the adversary. And it's this life of brokenness. And it's all around us. And there are so many people who are lost and broken in an addiction. It's actually, it's an epidemic. And I'm not, I'm not sure if it's in Palouse. I would imagine it is. <clears throat> but it's in our own backyard in Spokane. And so here's some, here's some alarming statistics here. In Spokane County, there's a, a 97.3% increase in drug overdose deaths since 2017. And then in that same time period, a 1,233% increase in fentanyl drug overdose deaths. Now, fentanyl is the number one drug threat in in Spokane County because it's so prevalent and so deadly. It's 80 to 100 times stronger than morphine, and a lethal dose can be as small as Lincoln's nose on the penny. The DEA has selected Spokane to be a recipient of their Operation Engage. They selected... 11 cities in the United States. Spokane is one of them. And according to them, Spokane, we're a hot spot for fentanyl and other narcotics because of our location on I-90 in proximity to Canada. So if we zoom out a bit, nationwide, there were over 110,000 drug overdose deaths in, in 2022. That's not an exact number. That's an approximation from the CDC. And now just to put this into perspective... Um, in 2015, there were 52,404 drug overdose deaths. So it's more than doubled in seven years. It's an epidemic. <clears throat> now you think of those numbers. Now those are men and women that are made in the image of God, who Jesus died for. The number one killer for adults, 18 to 45, according to the CDC, is fentanyl drug overdose right now. Fentanyl is scary because it's deadly, but other drugs like methamphetamines and alcohol, they're not off the hook. And we're seeing severe mental health consequences in people that are using meth today. It's different than the meth that I was using. And according to the National Institute of Health, alcohol is the third leading cause of preventable death. Behind number two, poor activity, or poor diet and physical inactivity, and number one, smoking. Alcohol. And by the way, we're a non-smoking campus, non-nicotine campus. That's part of the reason right there. And then the National Institute of Drug Abuse, uh, Abuse reports that the U.S. spends nearly $740 billion annually dealing with abuse, substance abuse and addiction issues. So these are alarming statistics. But they're big numbers, and they're, they're just numbers, right? But numbers don't feel pain. People do. 
Mothers and fathers who lose their children to, to addiction or substance abuse. Neighbors and siblings and children who lose their, their parents because of it. And then these statistics, they're not including things like hospitalizations and incarcerations and crime being committed and victims of crime and, and mental health issues and the trauma that children experience because of substance abuse. It's really hard to quantify the enormity of the damage being done. But it is an epidemic and so if we look through the lens of Scripture, which we should as followers of Christ, you can see that substance abuse and addiction are manifestations of the corruption that's caused by the fall and by sin from the beginning. And so then to effectively treat addiction, then we need to address the sin issue. And how do we do that? Well, we don't. Jesus already did when he said it is finished. And he rose again. So what's the answer to the addiction epidemic? The answer is not a what. The answer is a who. And it's Jesus. And he's the, he is the answer because he's God's answer. Because in him we are forgiven. And in him we are chosen. And in him we are destined. And in him we find healing and, and new life. And Jesus says in John 10, 10, that the thief comes to steal and to kill and destroy. But the second part of that is the good news, that he comes that we may have life and life abundantly. So the harsh reality is we are born with an inheritance of death. That's the harsh reality of it. But for those who hear the word of God, hear the gospel and believe in Christ, we have a new destiny and a new inheritance. And that's an, an inheritance of, of Christ or inheritance of life, eternal life. And as we get to know Christ through the scriptures, we've got to know him. We have to get to know Christ. We have to spend time with him. We have to make time to pray with him and be quiet and, and have your personal prayer time and your group prayer time and, and come to know who Jesus is. Ask him, Jesus, who are you? And as you get to know him, you get to discover who you are in Christ because it's been declared in the word of God. And his plan is to make you more and more like himself. And so like Ephesians 1 says, we are blessed. We are blessed with every heavenly blessing. And I'm going to ask Talon to come up here. Talon's going to, he's going to share what God's doing in his life, how the Lord's been redeeming him. Here, he can just talk in this. No, just. <laughs> Yo. Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Talon. I am 19 years old. I'm originally from uh, West Jordan, Utah. Um, one thing I want to point out all these brothers, father figures I have right now, really part of my journey at Team Challenge. Um, I'm not, my addiction is not alcohol or drugs, it was pornography and masturbation. Um, I was reduced to it through my abusive biological mother when I was five years old. Um, she was really into heroin. My father was an alcoholic, they were never really present in my life. I was abused sexually, physically, emotionally, mentally, verbally. Um, I broke in Utah, I was Born Mormon, I was raised, I broke free in fourth grade. And I thought, you know, sweet church, go once a week. Pray, worship, labyrinths, repeat, and it was so much more than that. By the time I was in seventh grade, my dad really started to go off the deep end. My stepmom came to the picture and started raising me, but she couldn't do it. She couldn't fill my, my father's shoes, couldn't feel the love that I really wanted. I never really got from my, my mother. Or my father, and God had to push me back into a corner because I wouldn't listen. I would rebel, I would run, I would pray for mercy and grace, and the second he gave that, I would throw it away. And it consumed me. I fought everywhere to get it. I hurt my family's reputation. I was on the dark web very consistently, <coughs> putting my family. Potentially my little sister as well, and David. And I graduated high school June 2nd last year. 
I was kicked out 30 hours later. My dad said, I was disappointed in you, son. And he said, don't really, he said, just don't bother coming back. And I was couch surfing and on the streets for about three weeks for, I was picked up. My pastor back home and he said, you changed. My stepmom reached out, still loving me. I had to lose everything that God was trying to get my attention. Really, when I was in seventh grade, I wouldn't listen. I was really rebellious. I didn't take him seriously. And through this whole process of, you know, teen challenge, I came in and, I don't know, I guess I was a kid, but I still have most ways. Um, it really gave me the ability to latch on to the guys here who taught me stuff that my dad never did. I never knew how to be a man. I was never taught how to chop wood. How to do simple base things? I was, I was without a father. He wasn't there, and I learned how to surrender to the Lord. I gave my life to Him, but I also had to surrender my own will in my life, which I never did. I was a lukewarm Christian my whole life, and got a spiritual emphasis just uh, on campus last September. The devil got into my head. I almost ran away from the campus two days before that happened. And my brothers played a huge part in me saying, through that I fully surrendered. And God, it, it's, it's a process. It's not, oh, I'm restoring everything to you. It's something we got to go forth day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year. And I call him my stepmom. Every time I want to call, she's always there answering. She tells me sometimes how I die for the phone. I know it's on its last ring. And she's, she's proud of me. And just tell them, look forward to having you back home. You won't stay in our home because the damage you've caused, but I look forward to seeing if you can help out. I said, I love that. But God had to push you back in the corner. I'm grateful that he did. Because I wasn't going to listen any other way. I have all these brothers, these father figures, these guys that helped pick me up. Being 19, I put the team in the old team challenge. That's right. <laughs> and, uh, and it's an honor to be there. To learn the guys that take you under wing every day. They would stand my energy and piss them off half, half the time every day. And they love me for it. And it was something I never really had until I finally straight into the call of Jesus. Wake up every morning grateful that I'm alive. I'm standing here today due to the grace and mercy that He gives me. Amen. He lavishes on us. I don't deserve it. And that glory goes to Him alone. Thank you. Thank you, Talon. I'm super proud of Talon. This is the first time he's actually shared his testimony in front, in front of the congregation. And, you know, it's important that we share our testimonies, right? We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And Jesus took care of the blood of the Lamb part, but we have to, we have to protect our testimony. Because if I, go, if I go out and relapse and do a bunch of meth tomorrow, my testimony is, is, is damaged. It's hindered. Amen? So, um, I'm going to ask Matt. He's going to come up here too. He's going to share what God's doing in his life. I'm from Wisconsin. Uh, born and raised. Uh, my my family separated when I was two. Um, my father is an addict himself. My mother was a good Christian lady, but she kind of sheltered me from everything after they separated. But a son lost the love of his father, so I chased after him, even though he was still deep in addiction. Me and my father used at very young ages. Uh, I got away with it because my mom was very passive and just sheltered me from it. So I could use by him and then get straight A's by her. And eventually that caught up with me. I had a stepdad who was a very good man, but also very passive, and I let my mom do the parenting. So I didn't get much upbringing teaching from a father figure. Um, eventually, I didn't give the respect due to the addiction that I was causing, the chaos that I was causing in my life. My straight A's turned to 0.0s when I started skipping school. 
I eventually dropped out of school because I wasn't going to go to school for no credit. I threw away my sports. I threw away everything. I ended up on the streets because then my mom didn't want to put up with the trouble I was causing. Eventually, I ended in a jail cell. Uh, I had a son. He was about four, and I was coming out here to Teen Challenge because my mom found somebody that had went through the program. And he showed up in my jail cell and asked if I wanted to do something different. And I said I did. And I came out here ready to change. But it was still what I wanted to do. I wasn't looking for that relationship with the Lord. I picked and chose the rules I was going to follow, what was going to work for me and what wasn't. And I made it seven and a half months of the program. And I made a poor choice, which ultimately caused a restart in my program. I still had that jail time over my head back home. So I ended up choosing to go back, which was a mistake because it led to seven more years of inconsistency and choosing drugs over my son. Um, I got to a point where I was so depressed, I had been suicidal for the first time in my life. But I happened to be visiting my son by my mom. She let me come there. He lives with my mother. Let me come there for a week, and I looked at him, and I couldn't believe those thoughts were even running through my head. I knew it was the coward's way out. There was some type of tugging on my heart that, you know, you at least got to give it a shot. And thanks to that seed being planted at Adult Teen Challenge the first time, I knew where I needed to go because the Lord was the only person. The only thing that pulled me out of the mess that I created for myself this time. So I had reached out to Adult Teen Challenge. They accepted me back June 1st of last summer. And, you know, a lot of things have been changing. I've taken on leadership roles learned to forgive myself, I've learned to forgive others, I've learned to love myself again. I am somebody that my son comes to now, he's in high school, uh, freshman, and he asked me for advice. I get to pray with him on the phone, I get to tell him what God's doing in my life. I have hope for the future, those uh, tears of depression and wanting to die have turned to tears of joy and hope since I walked through that door. Um, I'm actually looking at sticking around and taking on an internship that's available afterwards because the Lord's also been telling me to slow down on this one. (laughs) Many other times I've taken jobs, made it look successful, and then fallen back on my face. Uh, I really want to see what the Lord has for me, so I plan on sticking around. Um, I have a scripture here I want to read. It's Ephesians 4, 15 and 16. Rather, speaking the truth in love... We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, for whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it fills itself up in love. I read that because, you know, Adult Teen Challenge gave me a safe place to really work on myself, but to have the accountability, the structure, the love, and man, I, I grew up in church, but it was religion. I didn't know what a relationship with Jesus Christ was, and Teen Challenge gave me that availability to learn what that was, and now I experience it on a day-to-day basis. So I'm grateful to be here. I love you guys. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Talon. Thank you, Matt. So our primary purpose, we want to make lifelong disciples and address the growing substance abuse epidemic. Because when you're following Jesus and you're experiencing his love and his life transformation, you can't help but stop doing drugs and alcohol. There's this compelling um, movement to do that. So uh, how do we address the substance abuse epidemic? Um, It tells us right here, Jesus says in John 8, 31, 32, it says, uh, Jesus says that if you abide in my word, then you're truly my disciples and you will know the truth and it's the truth that will set you free. You will know the truth and the truth that will set you free as we become truly his disciples. And we are reading about what that truth is for us to be blessed in Christ in Ephesians. And then how we do the whole thing, it's this, there, our comprehensive approach in the video Explain that through the residential recovery where guys are dorming together, guys are learning scriptures, guys are learning how to apply scriptures to their life, how to praise, how to worship. Through the substance abuse, behavioral health portion of our program, we have Christian counselors 
We are certified in the state of Washington by the Department of Health to provide substance abuse treatment with Jesus in the center. I think that's miraculous. And then through vocational training, Target, we partner with with uh, other businesses. Our guys work 16 to 28 hours a week, and they're learning job skills, but they're also supporting the community that they're a part of. They're learning responsibility. And then through our outreach, this right, this is an outreach for our guys. These guys getting up here and reaching out, learning to give back, because addiction is all about taking and taking and taking. And Father, Father, our Father in Heaven sent Jesus. That was an outreach, right? So why shouldn't we be reaching out? So Jesus is in the center. That's our comprehensive approach. Those are all supplemental things to help our guys through this recovery process. But right in the center is Jesus and our students. That's the crux right there. And when you put your faith in him, you're born again by the spirit of God. You become a new type of human being. That human being that has the corruption and the wickedness and the sinful person. There's now a new new creation in Christ. It's actually an eternal life. Isn't that, isn't that crazy to think about? Uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever sh- shall believe shall, shall not perish but have eternal life. So we get to experience this eternal life now. And I always thought that means when you say yes to Jesus from this point on I get eternal life. But no, eternal life means there's no beginning and no end. So when you put your faith in Jesus you get to experience that life. We say yes to Jesus. We're set free from the curse of sin and the kingdom of darkness. And we're called to join Christ in the advancement of his revolutionary kingdom of light. His mission, which is to heal and reconcile the fallen world back to himself. Uniting all things in him, like it said in verse 10, Ephesians 1, which is the mystery. So I just want to read this, read the word of God one more time. And um, after this, I'll close. Ephesians One verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that was a long time ago, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him... We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavishes upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. And in him, we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him, this is for you, Corey, y'all are also, when y'all heard the word of of truth, the gospel of y'all salvation and believed in him were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his, of his glory. And that's good news. And that's beautiful. So our mission at Adult and Teen Challenge is we want to put the hope of the gospel within reach of everybody who struggles with life-controlling issues, things like addiction. And then if somebody decides to grab hold of it, now our job is we want to come alongside them and we want to disciple them and encourage them and guide them and mentor them towards God's best and to help them discover who God has already declared that they are in the scriptures, sons, and daughters. So we have a heart. There is a harsh reality, but there's the solution. Jesus is the solution, and the result is life transformation. So just thank you again for allowing us to come and allowing us to share and to partner. We have a table in the back if you if you have any questions or if you have any um, if you know of anybody that struggles with addiction or uh, if you want to take any of the literature with you. Um, if you'd like to sponsor one of these guys, we have a sponsorship program. It's $45 a month. And then you, you stay connected with them. You can write letters if you want to, send care packages. You get invited to come out to their completions. They can write you too. Um, we, don't, we don't give out your, your personal address or information to them though. We have events. Um, 60% of our funding comes from 
earned income, so that's through the vocational training that the guys are doing to support their program. That's also through the, the clinical substance abuse treatment that we're able to bill insurances for. Um, and then about 40% of that is through fundraising efforts. So sometimes we present at churches or there's individuals and businesses that support us. Um, we have events. We have a, a bullathon coming up February 26th. It's a, it's a fun time with family and friends. Well, we're going to take up the entire bowling alley in Spokane, Spokane Valley Bowl. Uh, but we also have a golf tournament. We have a p- premier event in October as well, kind of like a gala. Um, we do have an online event also, if you guys are interested, online event and auction. So there's flyers in the back if you want to um, get some more inf- information about that. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray, and, and do I hand this back over to you, or do uh, we, we dismiss everyone? Yeah, okay, okay, okay. All right, Father, thank you so much. Um, thank you for coming. Father, thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for your grace and your mercy and your beautiful plan, this mystery to um, uh, really your word that was given to Abraham and then his offspring and then uh, just the promise, Lord, into the tribes and then the kingdom and, and uh, all the prophets, everything pointing to the coming of the Messiah, the Savior, Lord, to be a blessing, to restore and reconcile broken people, God, to be... Um, really a priesthood of you, Father God, to show that there's another way, God, to bring your kingdom and your light. So God, use this church in a mighty way to do that, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you, uh, your plan is right on schedule, Jesus. Reveal what that is to us, God. Help us to really step into what it is that you've already declared in Scripture, God. Just move in this church, move in this, this beautiful community, Father God. Have your way here. God, we thank you for today, God, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Tyson. Thank you, Taylin, and thank you, Matt, for sharing your truth with us because it's a truth that has some really hard things in it, but it has a truth that ends in the love of Christ and brings hope, I think, to everyone who hears it. And that's why I think it's so appropriate that Betty's going to lead us in singing Blessed Assurance because... And I just want to say I'm so glad that God chose all of you before the foundation of the world. And listening to some of your stories and the hard things that have happened to you and the hard things that you've chosen, I'm so glad that God chose you and he chose all of us. And that's, I think the song is just going to have great meaning for us this morning. So please join us, Stan, as we sing Blessed Assurance. Hello, friends. I truly pray that this message blessed you. And if you want to find out more about our ministries or listen to other messages or videos of our worship services, you can check us out at palousechurch.org or search for Palouse Church on YouTube or check us out on Facebook or we are on uh, the Bible app. There's different ways to find us. You can always email me, Corey, C-O-R-E-Y, at palousechurch.org to connect with me or to send me a prayer request. We really appreciate you connecting with us in this way, and may God bless your day.